The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where neither pandemic nor recession nor government edict taking away your right to evict your tenants stops us from bringing you the best, most experienced, most up-to-date information Uh, about how to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Speaking of organizations that exist for the purpose of helping you start or grow your own real estate investing business, plus doing something that we can't really accomplish here on a radio show, which is connecting you with people who are actually doing it, who have experience, who can give you advice, who you can do deals with, who you can who you can partner with. Um, Cincinnati RIA has its first meeting for the month of September online tomorrow evening. It's going to be a really good one for those of you who are struggling with how to get deals in an incredibly inventory tight market. I was I was actually just looking at some data on market inventory in here in Ohio and it's down year over year like 17%. I remember it was low last year. So yeah, you're not imagining things. There aren't a lot of houses for sale and they're going fast and for top dollar. So lots of folks are trying to figure out how to dig up those bargain properties, some of which are bargains because they need serious work. And the topic tomorrow night is how to find those deals. Uh, The guests are uh, Jason Roberts and Rachel Schneider, who have used a, a, it's, it's not really, it's not really marketing. It's like a whole marketing system. It's, it's not just like mailing people and doing online ads and stuff like that. It's also there's a whole follow-up system behind it to do over 400 deals. And that, and that's like coming out of coming at, literally coming out of bankruptcy in 2011. They've done 400 deals using these marketing strategies since then. So if that holds any interest for you, it's at 7.30 tomorrow night online. You can grab a link to join at CincinnatiRia.com. If you've got some extra time, you can also join us for the 6 o'clock early workshop on how to make offers that will get accepted. And if you really, really have some time and also have like questions that on some deal you're doing that you need answered by somebody with 
a decade or more worth of experience. We have our Ask the Expert Zoom rooms at 5 p.m. tomorrow night. Um, that is a member benefit and does require separate registration, but that's also at CincinnatiRia.com. So hope to see y'all wherever you are in the country online tomorrow night. Speaking of properties that need a lot of work, um, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but all the folks who, um, you know, normally would have taken vacations this summer because, you know, they actually do have jobs and income and also also got a stimulus check and, you know, they've got, they've got cash to do that sort of thing, um, couldn't. And so a lot of what they've been doing is pouring that money into their homes, adding decks and sunrooms and redoing the kitchen they've been meaning to redo for a long time. And that has caused kind of a severe contractor shortage. And, um, you know, just just finding finding folks who can do things at a rate that um, that our rental properties can afford when we're doing a turnover or repair or that uh, we're used to paying for renovations when we're flipping houses has become a bit of a challenge. So it seemed like it might be time to talk to Pete Youngs because uh, if you know Pete, you know he is kind of famous for having ways, tips, tricks for saving really big money on rehabs and I don't know that just seems more important than ever at the at this exact moment uh his insight comes from the fact that he has been a contractor for more than 30 years like and when I when I say contractor I mean like he his company renovated the living quarters for the 96 Atlanta Summer Games like that level of contractor and yet he's also on the other side of the fence as a real estate investor. So he got he like he already he knows all the contractor tricks and then he also knows all the real estate investor tricks. So he is joining us today by phone from his home in Atlanta. Pete, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you, Vina. It's good to be here. And I'm happy that all your listeners are on there. We got some good information to share tonight. Good. And I've missed your voice. I love your accent. I always forget how much I love it until I hear your voice. <laughs> it's a southern thing. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. Okay, so let's let's just start let's just start out with like what has been going on in Pete World since March. Like what what have you observed in the Atlanta market? What what what's you know, what feedback are you getting from investors there? What 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 do you what do you see happening right now? Well, I am finding that it's getting harder and harder to do anything that's, that's um, nobody wants to do face-to-face -face real estate anymore. So um, the people that are out there that, that used to be door knockers and, and the people that were, you know, definitely trying to, to uh, get in front of people's faces and everything, um, auctions and stuff like that, they're, you're having to turn to um, basically – uh, your your mailing type situations and and your flyers, um, uh, a lot of direct mail um, is what we've been changing to. 
Um, we're doing a lot of advertising uh, basically online. Um, we're, we're getting on social media and things like that. Um, we're trying to do everything that we can to keep our, our faces and names out there um, based on the fact that a, a lot of a lot of the face-to-face type thing um, is is not going on right now. And um, I've found that um, some of the best things to do is going to be your, your direct mail, direct marketing, um, things like that. I'm still getting pretty good responses out of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm hearing from people I'm talking to from all over the country who are still bothering to do direct mail. It seems like it seems like a lot of people who would normally do that in March or April they kind of went, well, but nobody's going to want to call me. No one's going to want me in their house. Nobody's going to be thinking about selling right. their house. But my my experience has been the opposite. I'm I'm finding a lot of people are selling because a they have time to sell right now. <laughs> their, their life isn't, mm-hmm. isn't necessarily as busy as it was in January. And B, a lot of people are just making the decision that it's time to deal with something that they haven't dealt with in a long time. So I'm seeing a lot of super ugly properties that a, a lot of them, a lot of which people are still living in, uh, you know, tenants are living there or, you know, some in some cases it's homeowners who are living there, and you know they 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 all say the same thing. I intended to fix it. I never got around to it. I was you know living my life, raising right. a family, and now I don't want to. Now 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 I just want to you know get a place that I don't have to worry about anymore, and get rid of this place. And hey, you fix it, <laughs> right? Yep, I, exactly. I'm I'm finding that a lot of people aren't wanting to go through the the trouble um they're they're not wanting to go through any of um any of the the leg work that it would take um people don't want uh to end up having to call and try and get people to come over and give them estimates and things like that they're looking for somebody to come over and basically buy their house um they're they're not necessarily holding out for for full market value by any means because they know it does need work. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the money so that they can go and move into a place that they know will be less work Mm -hmm. than what they have. Some people are actually downsizing right now. I know people that now that their, their kids have moved away and, and stuff like that and getting families of their own, they had these big four and five bedroom houses, three and four, whatever, and uh, now they're they're downgrading to to places that they may end up just going into uh, condos, which I found that, you know, years ago, condos were not my favorite thing to get involved in. I like single family homes and things like that. But uh, nowadays people are, are buying these things left and right because, um, you know, for a for the fee that you pay to live in them, then someone's taking care of your yard. They're taking care of your your maintenance and things like that. Yeah, it, it, it's Pete. It's like you followed me around today because <laughs> I, I, I was at a seller's house who basically it was exactly as you described. It was I live right. in a four bedroom yeah. house. I want to. I want someplace smaller, but you know, not too small. And you know, I just I don't want to. I don't want to mess with fixing this, and I don't want to mess with having it on the market for a long time and having people coming through here. So. 
Let's see if we can make a deal where you can buy it. And shout out to Jean, by the way, who does listen to Real Life Real Estate Investing. She's going to think like you and I talked because you just described her exact situation. Um, so, right. so we need to take a quick break. But when we come back, um, let's address this issue that folks are having with rehabs right now, since you are, after all, Mr. Rehab. And uh, I think it's... Uh, Big concern, and I also want to open up the lines for listeners to call in with any questions they have at 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. Or you can also send your question via email at askbina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Bina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Pete Youngs, a.k.a. Mr. Rehab. If you were to go to Amazon.com, you'd probably find some books there that he's written on this topic. And um, if you're going to do that, if you go to WMKVFM first and uh, click on the Amazon link up on the top, then uh, when you buy one of those, WMKV gets a little teeny bit of money, which, a taste, a taste, a teeny taste, uh, which is actually important to a nonprofit public radio station. So I always like to encourage people to make their Amazon orders by going to WMKV first. Doesn't cost you anymore. It just, you know, every penny counts around here. Uh, So uh, Pete, we actually have a surprising number of listener questions that came in before you even came on the air. <laughs> I sent out I sent out an email saying, hey, Pete's going to be on the radio tonight. And a bunch of people uh, are already asking questions about uh, rehab. But maybe we should start by just kind of familiarizing them with your general... Um, your general kind of approach to getting rehabs done. Uh, Cause for instance, I know that one of the ways that you make sure that you're getting the best price that you can reasonably pay somebody is uh, you're big into getting multiple bids on anything you look at or anything you're looking at. Yes, that that's true. Um, and, and one of the big things about that is, um, the, the more people that you can get to bid, the more competition that you're going to end up being able to, to get on the, on the property. Um, basically, what I do is I end up, um, when I end up going to material supply houses and things like that, instead of using the yellow pages and starting to call through and, uh, and just ask, you know, painters, remodelers, drywallers, whatever uh, it, it is that I'm looking for, I tend to end up going out to where the material supply houses are. So if I'm looking for painters, I might go to a paint store. If I'm looking for drywallers, I might go to a drywall supply house. I might go to a roofing supply house, an electrical supply house. And uh, being a contractor myself, then I know that between 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning, then um, if you're anywhere around there and uh, in these days, if you take the necessary precautions, then you can still safely end up coming to where you can talk to people and see that every single person that walks into a material supply supplier instead of like, you know, one of your big box stores where uh, do-it-yourselfers and homeowners go into, if you tend to end up hanging out 
at the places that sell to professionals, then every single person that walks in that door does what you're looking to hire. So that's one of my biggest tips is don't always go somewhere where where half the people might do what you what you want and the other half of the people are do-it-yourselfers and everything. If you're looking for somebody who does that work professionally, go to where they would buy their materials from professionally. So let me, let me, um, let me that's this, one of the biggest things that I do. Let me get this straight. Um, do you just... Another thing that I like to do is um, I don't always like to end up having to pay full price and stuff like that. So um, what I will end up doing is I will go and I will go to places where people are known to do things for less money. And people laugh at me about this, but um, there was there was one time that that uh, I think that I had brought this up, and we joked about it and everything in the past. But um, I end up going and putting these little uh, flyers on bulletin boards in places like moose lodges, elks lodges, um, uh, veterans of foreign wars, bingo parlors, because. There's a lot of times in there that I need somebody just to put in three or four ceiling fans. I need some. I need a, a plumber to end up putting in a toilet or two. Um, I may end up needing some brickwork done for a brick mailbox or something like that. And see, if I go to some place like that and put flyers up, the people that are in there are older, retired people, him or her, they may have been doing that for 25, 35, 45 years, and now they're bored, okay? And these things that I'm asking them to do, they may end up doing because they're bored for a little bit of extra spending money and something to do, and um, they may only want to charge you $15 an hour, but they'll come in there, and they love putting up ceiling fans. Uh, they could be ex-carpenters. They could be ex-electricians. They could be this, that, and the other and they're looking for something to do. And, you know, if somebody's out there worried about, well, you know, they're not licensed and and uh, and anymore because they may have retired and stuff like that, well, there's plenty of forms out there that we all use in our real estate business that if somebody um, signs a waiver of liability or, you know, we use lien releases and stuff like that, then we can do something like that because, remember, there's a lot of stuff that can be done out there that does not have to be um, done by somebody that's signed off uh, with an inspection and everything because you're not changing the actual structure of what's going on. So that's one of the things that I do. Another thing that I might do is um, I'll go to a brand-new neighborhood where a brand-new house is being built. If I see somebody doing something that's worked there – then I know that if it's a new place being built, I know that any trade known to construction is being done there. And if they're there doing the work, that might that might mean that they're not the boss. That means that they're just people that are hired to do it. And they are always looking for side work. Now, if they're working for a builder, that means they will have a license. That means they will carry insurance and stuff like that. So and they may end up coming and working for you as a side job on a weekend and and charge you basically what they might make for a week uh, working for a builder, which would still be far less than if you just contracted a job through a general contractor and you still get somebody who's licensed, who's insured, 
and who does it every day of their life and everything for a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, you can hear me, right, Pete? Yes. Okay. So what I just got was Pete hangs out at building supply paces and stocks contractors from 8 to 9 in the morning. Is that is that basically what you just said? I mean, like what what do you what do you say to them when you when you when you're standing in the paint place looking for a painter? Do you just like walk up and say I need a painter? Or do you, you, you strike up <laughs> no, conversation or what do you do? What what, what makes what makes the big joke about it is um uh, <laughs> and this is a big joke. What I'll do is I'll buy a dozen donuts and I'll go hang out by the coffee. Okay, <laughs> because whenever I used to come in and end up trying to to actually uh pick up my materials, they never were ready quite on time, so there would be a like four or five um, of us that would build up in there and just sort of mill around and everything and, and and wait for our stuff to be called to say that it's ready. And they'd say, just run over and grab yourself a cup of coffee. We'll call you when your order's ready. Well, I'd stand over there near the coffee, and anybody that would come over by the coffee while they're waiting on their stuff, when they poured themselves a cup of coffee, I'd offer them a donut. And as I gave them a do- as they picked up their donut, then I'd offer them a business card that had my name and phone number on it, and I'd tell them that I'm looking for somebody to give me an estimate. And if they were interested, would they give me a call based on the fact that I just gave them my phone number? (laughs) So I found a way to start a conversation with them. I didn't catch them in the parking lot or anything like that. There there was a a method to the madness. Donuts. I'm writing that down. (laughs) Bring donuts. Bring donuts for contractors. (laughs) That's actually kind of awesome. Um, so in this way, it sounds like, it sounds like another one of your kind of secrets of not spending as much as your colleagues do on rehabs, you know, that came out of my mouth and I thought someone is going to hear that as Pete cheaps out work as opposed to what I meant to say, which is Pete gets the same work you get done, done, but for less money. Because that's the goal here. It's not to, it's not to like you know do a terrible rehab. It's not to hire people who don't know what they're doing. It's not to, um, you know, hide stuff, sweep it under the rug, any of that kind of thing. It, right. it, it is. It is to. It's to get the quality of work that you expect, but not to pay just whatever somebody wants to get paid for well, it. Um, let me let me step, um, just sort of piggyback on that real quick so that people get a better idea of, of, of what me and you are saying. Um, what I might do is if I'm looking for somebody, instead of looking in the yellow pages, calling these painters and stuff like that, I may end up calling the material supply house. I might call the, the drywall supply house and say, will you give me the names and phone numbers of your top three drywall companies that do work at, uh, I mean, that buy materials from your store. Or I might call the electrical supply house and ask them for their top three people that they use or the paint store for the top three people that they use. And then I would end up getting the people's name from that company that gave me these people's names and referred them. And then when I called and left a message on their machine, because I normally get a machine, I wouldn't tell them it's me looking for an estimate. I'd say, Richard from uh, the material supply house, whichever one it may be, said you may be able to give me an estimate this week. If you would, um, please give me a call at this number, 
And if uh, you, I've heard you might be busy, so if I haven't heard from you in a couple of days, then I'll call Richard and see if he was able to get you this message. In other words, he's not giving the estimate to me anymore. He's giving it for his material supplier that recommends him to people. So now he kind of owes him the fact of, of doing it. And then also to make sure he does it in a reasonable amount of time, I end up saying, I understand you might be busy, so if you haven't called in a couple of days... I'll call Richard to see if he gave you that message. What I'm really doing is is saying, if you hadn't called me, then I'm going to ask Richard why he's giving out your name if he won't call. <laughs> but I want the best people to come out and give estimates, but I want enough people to come out there that it, it provides a competitive bid. I don't want cheap work. I don't want cheap. I don't want cheap um, results. I, I want cheaper prices, mm-hmm. but I don't want cheaper results. All right, we need to take a break. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm running down where that thought was going that I stopped myself in the middle of because I, okay. I think there's I think there's a, there was another key piece in there that um, listeners need to understand about like how you do this, uh, and then we will get to listeners' questions uh, after we take this break. But uh, listeners, if you have questions, uh, either call us at eight seven 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 two nine six five eight. Let me say that again. Because people get confused because there's so many sevens. 877-772-9658. Or do what these other listeners have done and just send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Pete Youngs, who is also one of the featured national experts at the 2020 OREA National Real Estate Summit, which is now online. So y'all have no excuse not to attend this year. Like every year we talk about this, we, we, we talk about it at Fund Drive, let you make a donation to the station and come. And we get all this feedback that goes, man, that sounds so great, but I live in Arizona and it's a long flight and four days out of my life. And I don't know, hotel room. I just I just I just don't think I can swing it. Well, now you get to come Saturday half day, then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, evenings only, unless you want to do the lunch and learns at noon, and then another Saturday eleven to two or three. You got no excuse. You got zero excuse. Um I believe it's next is fun drive next week? It's next Wednesday, yeah. So next Wednesday, uh, we're going to have an offer for listeners to uh, make a pledge, support public radio, and get a free ticket as a result to the OREA conference, the OREA National Real Estate Conference, which, again, online now. Don't tell me you can't sit in front of your computer because you've been doing it for six months. (laughs) I know you can do it. This is, this is your big Always chance. Always one of my favorite events. I love it. Yeah, everybody loves it. It's uh, it like, Oria is super picky about who it, um, you know, allows to be on its stage, if you will. And this year in particular, we really looked for only people who had been in the real estate market through the last hot market followed by real estate bubble followed by terrible market. Because that's about what what's about what we're about to see again. 
and those are the fo- those are the folks who have the perspective right to say you know here's what i think is coming and here's what i'm doing about it and here's what i think you should do about it and you know no disrespect to people who've built big successful businesses from since 2011 but if you weren't in it in 2007 you may think you know what's coming but you <laughs> probably don't know what's coming <laughs> so Let's uh, let's go to the let's go to the phones because we've got Bernice on the phone from Columbus. Hey, Bernice. Hey, Nina. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay. Appreciate time you're taking to do this. This is great. Um, I'd like to get a little clarification. When he had mentioned, uh, well, one of the places he had mentioned was the VA, and I didn't get the others. But in terms of trying to find people who've had experience, what is he posting? I mean, what how does he do the post in terms of requesting to get the type of person that he's looking for? Ah, so so every place that he mentioned is a place you would think of when you thought about where would retired but active people be hanging out. Mm-hmm. Right. So it could be it could be VA Elks Lodge, you know, Veterans Foreign Wars place. I mean, heck, it could be a rec center. If there's a recreation it can, center, it can even be as far as, as as bingo parlors and stuff like that. It's it's just wherever you know that that the older retired people would hang out. Retired, retired, but active, right? I mean, like you're looking for people who can actually Absolutely. climb up on a ladder and put up a ceiling fan, if they so desire. So her question, uh, Pete, is like, so you said you said I think you said you put flyers up there. Like, what do they yeah, say? W- what what are you what are you asking um, for? Basically, what it does is it, it spells out everything. It spells everything out one hundred percent. It it may end up saying, "Looking for a retired electrician to install four ceiling fans in uh, in my rehab house. I will pay X amount of dollars per hour, and um, you know, you you basically end up leaving your phone number." Um, where they can tear it off and everything, or just a number of business cards and everything. But basically, I describe what it is that I'm looking for, how much I'm willing to pay, and the, you know, I'm looking for a retired person who did that particular job. So, so Bernice, basically, he's asking for someone to do a job, not like somebody to become an employee. Okay, so really, you're really doing a job. I mean, a. Um a description of the of the work that you want. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and this is I mean this sounds like a great idea for I, I can't tell you how many times I have struggled to find a kind of handyman type person. Like like it, it's right. it's not that hard to find a roofer or somebody who can put in a whole house full of windows. It's hard to find somebody who will put in one window. It's hard to find somebody who will you know, uh, like like you said, uh, set one toilet. If you want a whole plumbing right. job done, that's easy. There's all kinds of contractors out there who will do that. But if you say no, I just need, I, I need you for two hours. It, it it's it can be really hard to find that person. And I think what Pete's finding by doing this is that person. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, the scope of work then. Yeah. Because I've had the same problem. That's why I was wondering. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully yes, that problem is solved. What I'm trying to do is I'm looking for somebody who needs just a couple of hours of work 
just to end up, you know, breaking up their day and everything. They're not looking to get rich. They're not looking to end up plumbing a whole house. It's just somebody who has the experience and the know-how to to put a new wax ring in in your toilet for you and and, and re put it in there, or somebody who knows how to put a couple of ceiling fans in, or you've got a couple of breakers that might keep throwing. And you don't want to end up having some big company come in there and charge you four or five hundred dollars. You want somebody who will come in there and say, "Ah, oh, you know what? I'll charge you twenty bucks an hour. I can probably fix this in two hours, and we'll be over with." Okay, great. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Bernice. Hope to see you tomorrow night. Um, okay, so we should say because. You know, sitting here in the studio in Cincinnati, looking at Mike, I sometimes forget that we have listeners who are literally all over the United States, that it's part of your job as a real estate investor to understand what your local codes are. Because it just occurred to me, Pete, I could have I could have somebody put up a ceiling fan who's not an electrician here, here in Cincinnati. It's not. Yeah. A, that's not a problem. But I'm guessing like in New Jersey. You might have to have an electrician's license, so that would just 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 check right before you go before you go hiring right. uh, unlicensed people. Just check on what needs licenses and what doesn't. So, the thought that I had had earlier was: it sounds like one of the ways in which you're you're probably saving twenty percent right off the top on a lot of your rehabs is it. It sounds like you are hiring the workers directly instead of hiring a general contractor and letting him hire that's correct um since i was a general contractor for so long how i made most of my money was not necessarily doing the work myself but it was being able to know where i could go and what i could do to hire the people that would do the work And what I would do is I would bid the job, get someone to agree to pay a certain price for for a certain amount of work, and then I would turn around and piece it out. So when I come and I speak at OREA, um, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing my contractor techniques on how I would get somebody to end up doing the job and you being the other person or acting as if you were a general contractor, not being a general contractor, but having the same thought process to where you can end up putting that 20 percent less payment that you're paying out back in your own pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, basically there's there's loads of ways that you can find people that'll do it. Um, there's there's people out there that are called subcontractors. There's people out there you can hire as laborers. Um, there's people out there that, that have all different ways that they do it. And, and then you even have somebody that you can hire as a lead man. Okay. A lead man is somebody that if you want one person that you report to, and then he runs everybody else. Okay. So if you don't want to have to hire a whole crew, um, then you can hire a lead man, let him bring the people that he likes to have work under him pay him a couple more dollars an hour to make him in charge and you tell him what you want and he makes sure that the rest of them get it done. So um, yeah, I- it's not always that I'm going to go out and hire a big company and it's not always that I'm going to go out and try and find somebody uh, that just wants to put in an individual um, ceiling fan or something like that. 
I like to find a happy medium. Now, granted, when I'm doing big jobs, I'm going to hire the contracting companies that have the best reputation and that do the job in a, in a very good and very quick fashion. And once again, my best references come from the material suppliers themselves. I don't end up calling somebody and asking them to give me a, a list of their references. What I do is I find out where they get their materials from, and I call their material supplier and say, uh, I'm, I'm about to hire such and such company. Um, how long have they been buying materials from you? Well, if they, say, if they have something to where they hand me a card and say that they've been doing business in the area for 20 years, but then the material supplier that they say that they use says they've only been there six months, why did they change? Because as an Atlanta contractor, even though I might have, um, you know, 10 suppliers, you call any of those 10 and they'll say, oh, he's been here for years and years. That right there shows, um, you know, that that's a good thing. But if somebody had to, says they've only been there for two or three months, why did they have to change companies unless they moved their location? <laughs> so that's just a, a a red flag for me. Yeah, you're thinking you're thinking they changed because they couldn't pay the bill at the old company, and that's a red flag. Exactly. Exactly. I see. All right. So. Uh, I swear we're going to get to the listener questions after this break. I keep saying that, but this time we really, really are. Uh, if you have any last-minute questions, because we are down to about the last 10 minutes of the show, send them in to askvina at gmail.com, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Pete Youngs from Atlanta. I've been in this for, I keep saying, over 30 years how long has it really been? Um, it's been about 34 years. Yeah. Yeah. Does that ever surprise you? Do you ever go, have I really been doing this for 34 years? Seems like yesterday. <laughs> it it really surprised me um, <laughs> because I, ne I never really thought about it until, you know, it actually came up at one time. Um, you know, I got, I got something... Um, uh, from somebody the other day and, and, and they actually sent me something and said, um, you know, I actually ended up, uh, using you for something that we ended up doing addition on our house and we moved from that house. And when we went back, we bought in the same neighborhood, um, because the houses had gone up and we saw the house that you had worked on. And we hadn't owned that house for over 20 years, but we moved back in the neighborhood. Now we, we end up driving past it, and, and that just sort of struck me as, as kind of funny. So <laughs> I just thought, wow, let me think about this. And then uh, another thing that, that reminds me of it is that I got my first business license for um, just a painting and remodeling company. Um, the first year I got out of high school. So all I have to do is think about what year I graduated high school. And that was the first year I got my first actual remodeling license. Mm -hmm. So that's how it gets reminded. It's been a long time. So uh, let's hit these listener questions. Um, question okay. from Lara, who lives in Kansas, right? Lara, Kansas? You didn't, you didn't I've got that right. Missouri. Anyway, she says, <laughs> how has the pandemic affected the availability 
and the cost in bids of the contractors on your rehabs? Well, it hasn't really um, affected the price to where it goes up. Actually, in my opinion, the prices have gone down because there's so many people that are afraid of the having to be in front of somebody or the contact that they're not calling people these days. Um, like we talked about earlier, some people are just selling their properties as is and everything so they don't have to fix them up and don't have to do it. But I've found that, that some of the workers are hurting so bad for work um, in some areas now, some areas that you can't get a contractor no matter what you do or how smart you are or how many tricks you've got. They're just, they're just slammed and they're not coming to you. But in some places, then basically um, what you're doing is you're basically making a list of what it is that you want done and you basically send it to them um, either by a text or or by an email. They come over, walk around the property, and then end up leaving you an estimate in the mailbox. Hmm. And I have found that the people that are that are you know in this situation, they're getting lower prices because the people aren't getting the amount of work that they used to get. Um, because they're not being able to go around and market the way that they do. Um, I, I can remember um, I was having some trees taken out of one of my properties, and as they were taking trees out of my properties, they had other workers that were walking around knocking on the doors, handing out flyers, you know, saying that, that they ended up there. They were working down the street taking out trees, um, did anybody have any trees or branches or anything that they needed taken out? Well, see, they can't do that anymore because a lot of people don't want face-to-face door knocking, and and they've stopped doing that. So um, that's, once again, uh, when I started talking about direct mail, um, I quit doing direct mail for quite a long time because I had a lot of word of mouth and stuff like that. But I had to turn to direct mail to to keep getting my message out and things like that. But um, in some areas, uh, basically what you have to do is is basically put things out um, in the material supply houses, saying that you're looking for people to give you estimates and and call them and end up having them take your number down and saying if people come in there and they are good contractors and they're regular people, give them my number and have them call me and we'll set up a way that we can both comfortably end up getting an estimate done on what we need done. Um, and, and that's what I'm finding that, that we're having to do. Um, in some areas of the United States um, where, where people are, are a, a little more skittish than others, then they're, they're not getting as much work, so they're bidding it low. There's other places that are saying, well, now's the time to end up jumping all over this while nobody else is, is doing it. And um, and that's the places where the contractors are, are staying real busy. So um, it, it basically just depends on what area of the country are you in. This is a question that I normally wouldn't read on air because it, it's not like quite directly related to your area of expertise, but... This guy is in distress, and I need to give him some advice here. He says, this is from 
uh, Simeon, who appears to be in your part of the country based on his area code, um, mm-hmm. he says, help. I go through the pre-foreclosure list, text message them. All I have found are deals with no equity. I put out bandit signs only to get calls from cops and zoning officers to take down my signs or get $1,000 fines per sign. I'm losing so much money every month on services and websites and not making any money. I spend all my time working on renovations or on on flips that lose money. How do I build a system when I can't find what works? People say, help people solve real estate problems, but all I'm doing is bailing them out of their hole and getting in it myself. This sucks. I have two kids in college, mortgage to pay, a 14-year-old Honda minivan full of tools. And Simeon, everything you are saying here tells me that you're not fully understanding what it is that you are supposed to be doing yes if you go to through the pre-foreclosure list all of the deals have no equity that's why they're in foreclosure if they had equity they would sell their houses and get their money and move on rather than let the property go to foreclosure um you tackle those with short sales and I yeah think- you would you would you would want to end up um getting into different ways such as short sales and stuff like that um here's one of the reasons why he's having a problem um as far as the pre-foreclosures and things like that um you probably have the same opinion as i do on this um that right now the banks do not want people not in their house and they have left not all banks but some of the banks are leaving people in their houses even though they're not making the payments on them because they don't want the vacant house to get broken into, vandalized, or even worse. Yeah, but I think they and, would be and open. So what they're doing is they they would they would rather not they would rather have somebody in there not making the payment than to have the vacant house or to take it back and have to put it in their inventory. Yeah, but I think so they would you're be... not going to have much luck. Um, trying to buy a property from somebody who's saying, why would I sell you my property? They're not forcing me to pay my payment for it now, and they haven't kicked me out. Well, I don't I don't hear him saying that the sellers aren't motivated. I'm hearing him say that they've got a $200,000 house that they owe $205,000 on. And I think that the if that is true, that banks don't want the properties vacant, they'd be open to the idea of a short sale. But I don't see him saying that he understands that banks might take less than what the you know, balance due is. So, um, and you shouldn't be doing renovations on flips that lose money. Like how, how is that happening? You're paying too much either for the property or the renovation. I, I, it, it's impossible to kind of diagnose this problem on the radio without talking to you. So I want to invite you to the Cincinnati RIA meeting tomorrow night. Uh, you can get a free guest pass, CincinnatiRIA.com. And, when you register, I'm going to try and get you access to the Ask the Expert meeting at 5 so that you can talk to some real-life people and, and really explain what's happening and why why this is going on and let them tell you the way to approach this that's not the way you're approaching it, that's not working. Uh, we have one, one, qu- one question left and literally 30 seconds to answer it, so hopefully you can do this one fast, Pete. Martha wants okay. to know, for someone who does not have a clue about estimating repairs when entering a house, where would I even start to learn and practice? Okay. Um, one of the biggest things about figuring something is um, I end up going to the actual um, 
multiple listing service. If I end up looking up things that are in the neighborhood and they're listed, it will end up giving me a price per foot. Um, not only what somebody's asking for the property or what they've sold for, but it actually tell you how many days on market and it gives you a basic price per foot of what they're paying to have these houses and, and the replacement costs. As far as somebody ending up having to figure out how, how much things cost and things of that nature, then basically um, I would think that that would be something that would be covered uh, once again at one of the RIA meetings. Yes. Um, more than more than anything else. Yeah. Um, go to your, go to your local RIA network with that, rehabbers. That's going to be something that's going to be also related to the area that you're in. Yes. I could tell you prices of what I'm used to and everything, but they might be different prices on there. Pete. I think that's something that if you can if you can get on to the RIA. Uh, meeting tomorrow. That'd be great. All right. We are out of time. I really appreciate you being here tonight, Pete, and look forward to seeing you at the OREA National Real Estate Strategy Summit, November 7th through 14th online. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.